Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. From Drumline, the white guy that was just like banging the <laughs> Someone had to take the Espo dancing boy, and he just owned it. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the clip I'm going to tweet out after the show. Just that on a loop. Shane, can we get that on loop? For like 45 feels. seconds, just on loop. That's what's happening. We can, we can just turn here. it into a gif. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, Put guys. It on a loop. <laughs> you know what I meant. It's called a gif. I know. Goodness gracious. Don't be mean. We're supposed to be in a good mood today. We are. The Suns have advanced to the Western Conference semifinals. We're going to play the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. We've got three days off, which that part kind of is good for the team, but sucks for us because that means we have to wait a little bit of time. No, it's good for us. <sighs> I need I mean, some decompression time. Do you? Yes. Did that series take it out of you guys? Yes. <sighs> yes. Well, this you got three days of rest. Out of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But we have three days of rest to get ready before the Suns and the Nuggets tip off in the second round. But here's the thing, guys. Before we move on to really talk about that matchup between the Suns and the Nuggets, I do want to take a look back on this Clippers series and talk about some of the biggest takeaways for us. Because obviously, we can learn from that to be better in the future. So mm. first and foremost, let's just start with Devin Booker because my goodness, Devin Booker has been doing some amazing things. We talked about it after last night's game, but I haven't been able to really get your guys' opinions on this. But Book averaged 37.2 points in 43.1 minutes per game while shooting 60.2% overall and 46.7% from three legitimately historic type stuff from book in this series how how was it for you guys watching him for me um for the longest time i said devin booker wasn't going to get the national attention because a he's not like a flashy player mm-hmm. and b he he hasn't had yeah he had 70 in in a game that was cool but outside of that he didn't have like that one moment where you're just like holy shit like, what in the fuck is going on right now? Like, you've seen Steph and Clay kind of have those quarters where they're just insane. And finally it happened where he was just on a whole nother level. There wasn't a guy on the planet in the history of the game that was going to guard Devin Booker last night. He was that damn good. Um, that was my biggest takeaway is, like, he's 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 an incredible player. But last night is, like, that's that's what people talk about. That's when they they're at the water cooler the next day and like, man, did you see D book when he weaved the, the thing that set set it off for me was that little weave fade away on the baseline through like three or four guys and it was just like, all right, just end the game now because the, the, the Clippers got no shot. Yeah. It was awesome. It, it was and it was kind of a reminder of why you trade for Kevin Durant in a weird way because obviously you're bringing in one of the greatest superstars and scorers of all time but you're also making Devin Booker's life so much easier Um, and obviously in this Clippers series they didn't have two of their best perimeter defenders Um, and I think that matters but he did what you're supposed to do against a team like that he went out and averaged 37 on 60 percent shooting which is insane no matter who you're playing against Um, there's a tidbit from ESPN stats and info that Book and KD became just the second duo in NBA history to each score 25 points in every game of a best-of-seven series. The last teammates to do that were Elgin Baylor and Jerry West in a four-game sweep back in 1968. So as much as like we're, we're, we'll talk about KD in a little bit and trying to get him acclimated, but like they have so much talent, these two, and the mm-hmm. way that they've been able to feed off of each other And the fact that there's still a lot of room for improvement on that is terrifying for other teams around the league because the more experience, the more games that they get under their belt, the more difficult it's going to be to stop these guys. And so far, Booker's been the primary beneficiary of that. And I think he'll continue to be. But like these two are going to be absolutely frightening to try and guard on the basketball court. 
Yeah, there's a comment in uh, the chat from Charles saying adding KD shows you the improvements made from Book on his first playoff run. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just really cool, like because adding Kevin Durant. Obviously, we talked about this last night too. The question was asked, like, whose team is this? Is it KD's? Is it Book's? Yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that we need to even put. <coughs> A title on that necessarily but it is nice to finally see what Devin Booker can do when he's not like the only guy out there mm-hmm. and that's not me trying to throw shade at anybody else on this team that he's played with over the last couple of years but obviously Kevin Durant is on a whole nother level than those other guys that he's played with and it gives Book the opportunity to go out and show the world what he's capable of doing when he's not the main target every single night for every single second of the game yeah, I mean, everybody gets caught up in who's Batman and who's Robin, and this is Batman and Superman. And when DA and Chris Paul show up, they're the fucking Justice League. Like <laughs> this team can be incredible, and I like it's nerd. Come on, <laughs> nerd alert. Come on, that's we a, get what that, you're saying. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very open reference there for everyone to understand. Just wait till Iron Man shows up. Unbelievable. That is Marvel. Come on. <laughs> you Whoops. did that on purpose. I know you did that shit on Whoops. purpose. The point being, <laughs> Devin Booker is a superstar. He's been a superstar. And now that he's playing with another superstar for kind of the first time, not the first time in his career because Chris Paul is that, but he was he was still all the NBA the last two years, but he was clearly not going to get any better. And Kevin Durant is still operating at a top five player in the world level. So when you have a talent like that with Booker, it, it's bringing out the best in book so far. Mm-hmm. Now the Suns need to figure out a way that they can do the same for KD. You know, one of the things that that I'm going to be paying attention to in the next series is not necessarily KD and 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 Devin Booker, to be honest with you. It is everybody else. Mm-hmm. Because you I feel like at this point you know that you're gonna get those two guys. Mm-hmm. Those two guys are always gonna be on point. They're gonna play at a high level. I mean, fuck, they both averaged like what, 28, 29? Yeah. 30? I don't know. A lot of points. Mm-hmm. They were fucking know. awesome. Like, so it's going to be fun. And I'm I, going back to your point, like, you know, three days in between, does that suck? Is it good? It's good. But I'm also anxious because yes. I fucking can't wait till Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was creeping last night on their stream, mm-hmm. the NVR stream. Oh, yeah. They said, Hell no, they're not doing any. Oh, I know. Walk to take over anything. No, no cross crossovers. Any crossovers. No nothing. They're not they don't coming want any, to hang out with us. They don't us. want anything to do with us. An emphatic hell no. I'm That's glad. all right. That's all right. I got some things up my sleeve. Huh. For the next uh, few days, we are not friends. Ph Nikes and DNVR, we are not friends no, at all. No. It's going to be interesting. I, I actually, you know what? Uh, based off of what they have said about the Suns fans, I will return the favor. I hope Nuggets fans live the rest of their lives oh in boy. misery when it comes to their basketball team. I hope they never win anything ever, ever. Oh I hope you are just in a perpetual state of despair every single time you have to watch the Nuggies play. Wow. That's what I hope. Okay. <laughs> Shit. This is getting I'm going to have to see these people in a few days. I know. Possibly, Gerald's like, can you but stop, please? Also, um, Gerald needs somewhere to stay this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> if you know anyone in Denver. <laughs> that is not affiliated with the NBA. It's going to be funny when uh, Gerald has to go there on the off days to do uh, the show from DMVR. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'll be great. Have fun, Gerald. Don't wear I don't have any problems with them. I just want that to be known. But um, Oh, my goodness. Eh, guilt by association now, yeah. buddy. Honestly, we could just talk about the Broncos, and that would make them more depressed about anything Nuggets related. So. That's true. That's true. Listen, it hurts. We'll get a little bit deeper into the whole Nuggets side of things here. But I still want to a couple more things about Devin Booker, right? Because we talked a lot about the scoring, but it's not just the scoring that we're seeing um, elevated within his game. It's the defense, the drives, the assists. He um, he had six point <clears throat> four assists per game in that series, and that ranked thirteenth among all playoff performers so far. Mm. Like Devin is doing all the things mm. at a really high level. He is. And, and that's the thing is like we've, we've talked a lot about how the Clippers were playing Durant. They were putting a guy up on him. They were double teaming him. They were throwing him a bunch of different looks and Book was capitalizing on that. But once they adjusted and started throwing double teams at Book, 
he was making the right reads. He was getting off the ball quickly. He had a couple of those uh, plays where he went off the screen and he zipped the, co- the ball to the corner for three, just like that one arm sling pass that he throws. Um, and Chris Paul was saying after Would you the say game. He swung it like a web? Damn it, man. That's, <laughs> that's Marvel again. Um, <laughs> this guy is trying to. Gerald's like, I'm about to lose it. He's trying to ruffle feathers, and I'm ashamed to say that it's working. But but yeah, Chris Paul was saying after the game, like that's the coolest thing about playing with Book for the last three years is seeing his progression as a playmaker, being able to make those reads on the fly. Um, And he's really seen that growth with him. So, I mean, Landry was saying while we were in uh, L.A. that it feels like Book on a couple of sets is calling out plays and making reads before the coaching staff even can. So he's just taken his understanding of defenses and what is being thrown at him to a whole nother level. I, I'm, I'm, I think Devin Booker has found, he's found it. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's, he can go up maybe a little bit more in terms of level of play, but it's hard to imagine, you know, unless he's going to do what he did last night, every single game, it's hard to imagine he can play any better than he is right now. And so, but when you look at Kevin Durant, uh, you have a feeling that Kevin Durant can play a little bit better. Mm-hmm. There's just that feeling inside me. Like I feel like I feel like he can elevate his play, and if both of them do that at the same time, I don't think there's a team in the league that can that can beat the Suns. To be honest with you, I just think they're both so dominant. And Devin Booker, to his credit, a lot of times you see these super teams or you see you know superstars play with another superstar, and the superstar that was already there, like Dwayne Wade. Okay, mm-hmm. when LeBron came to Miami, Dwayne Wade kind of deferred to LeBron uh, mm. quite a bit. Uh, I think Devin Booker did that at first for a little bit just to see, you know, how it feels. Mm. And then he was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm that dude. I'm that dude. I can ball. <laughs> and he hasn't looked back since. And I think that's the right move because I don't think Kevin Durant as an initiator is necessarily the best option for the Suns. I think Devin Booker as the initiator is because Devin Booker is so aggressive that basically he's forcing teams to have to double him. Mm-hmm. And that's going to free up KD right. and vice versa. And it's just this is exactly what you want what you wanted to see from these two guys at the same time. So it's I'm too I'm so excited for the second round. I, I think it's safe to say that like what Devin Booker is doing <clears throat> with Kevin Durant is kind of what people thought Kyrie Irving would do yes. next to Kevin Durant. A million they thought he would go off, that he would benefit from all the attention that Durant receives and average like above 30. And that's what Book is doing. And I think so far book has been the best teammate that Durant has played with since Steph Curry, which is incredible to say if you'd have told me that like even three years ago that we'd be saying this now, I would have called you crazy. So this is pretty cool to witness. And, and like I wrote about on gophnx.com, it's not just the scoring. It's not just the playmaking, but it's also the defensive side of the ball. He's legitimately become, or at least in this first round, he's played like a two way superstar leading the league in steals. I think he was third in deflections. Um, opponents were shooting 37% against him when Booker was the primary defender. Like that is a guy who is doing everything. We see him diving out of out of bounds for loose balls. We see him getting steals. We see him getting blocks. He averaged a block per game in the first round. So it's been really cool to watch him not only do what he's doing offensively, but still have the energy to not just hold his own defensively, but like be a legitimate playmaker on that end too. Yeah, Triple B in the chat said Booker has turned up his offense a notch and his defense up two notches. Mm-hmm. But Gerald, you said if you would have told me that three years ago, as far as Devin being the best guy that uh, Katie has played with since Steph, you might have questioned it. Mm-hmm. Well, there's one guy who maybe had a little bit more insight mm-hmm. on that than we did. So our friend Bob Adlock from The Sun shared this video of Kobe and Book talking about each other after their matchup on March 23rd, 2016. Most important thing about my career is being able to pass it on and have the next generation of athletes um, embody the same spirit, learn some of the same techniques, and have kind of that same mindset. I mean, that's the coolest thing to me. Playing against Booker tonight, I mean, he he went straight to my move the first time he caught it. Said, Dude, yeah, you're not gonna beat me on my move, man. Like you know, but I mean, it was it was it was it was great to see. It was absolutely great to see, and because I remember I you know I used to I did the same thing with MJ. You know, he's just an unbelievable player. He's changed my life personally. You know, just the mentality that he has that he takes to the game is unbelievable. So I've been watching him 
ever since you know I was born. So you know he just he had a big impact on my life, and I appreciate everything he's done for the game. He has the right attitude. He has the right competitive spirit. I think uh, his footwork's extremely sound. His fundamentals are extremely sound. Um, and now it's just about him figuring out exactly what his game is. So that was in 2016. Mm -hmm. It's about him figuring out exactly what his game is. I think he's coming into that now. I, yeah, I remember sitting there listening to Kobe saying those things, and it was kind of surreal because, A, it was his last game in Phoenix, so it was weird that they were throwing a press conference for an opposing player before the game. But, B, it was really cool to just hear him speak at length about how much he res respect he had for Book's game. And that was during a time when the Suns were not a good team. But he could already see, like, once he figures out his game, once he gets talent around him, he's going to be something. And that's something that a lot of people on the outside did not give Booker the benefit of that doubt at all. It's crazy to me um, that, I mean, Kobe was such a student of the game. Um, and he, he was able to see things that a lot of players just didn't. And you didn't really, you've never heard anything like this from, from Michael mm -hmm. because he just didn't speak much about that. And, but Kobe was not shy about it, especially after his playing career was over. He really analyzed players and really broke them down. And for him to recognize that Devin Booker has what it takes to reach a level um, close to like his uh, is, is significant. It's very significant. And I mean, it makes me really miss Kobe right now because I think if Kobe was here to watch Devin Booker, um, I think I think he would just be like his biggest fan. Because mm -hmm. of the way, like when you watch Devin Booker, and this is one thing that I didn't get until I got here in 2018 and was able to cover the team behind the scenes. I didn't get how intense Devin Booker was, how focused he was on the mission, how focused he was day in and day out in practice, in the games. Like he does not let up. You know why he gets injured? Because he goes all out. He plays hard. Sometimes he pulls his hammy because he can't slow down because he doesn't know how to. Like he just goes, goes, goes. And that's the beautiful part about Devin Booker and the reason why I feel like he's gotten to a point now where he's a superstar now. Like that's undebatable. And we used to debate that a couple of years ago. Like, yeah, he's a star. He's a, no, he's he's superstar. He's top 10 in the league. And the, the only reason why he's not is because he's not playing in New York. He's not playing in L.A. He's not getting that, you know, glorified press that really – uh, it goes to teams that don't deserve it. Like you have a team that has won a significant amount of games, the most in the NBA in the last three years combined, and he is the bell cow for it. And he, he's just a phenomenal player, and we're just so lucky to have him. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like I'm getting choked up. <laughs> I can't I can't catch my breath. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, Saul. You can be emotional. We don't blame you. I just love him so much, okay? <laughs> we won't blame you. All right, before we dive into a little bit more on Kevin Durant and talk DeAndre. And I do want to remind you guys, Saturday is the first game of this series between the Suns and the Nuggets. It will be taking place in Denver. So that means you can come hang out with us at the Bet MGM Sportsbook at the State Farm Stadium in Glendale for our watch party. It's going to be a lot of fun. It is presented by Neutral. There's going to be food and beverage specials. Bet MGM is going to be doing um, special giveaways and prizes when you place bets out at the Sportsbook. And, of course, the game will be on all the screens out there. It'll be a heck of a lot of fun. So come hang out with us. First one, again, is this Saturday. Timing is still a little TBD. I think it's either 5.30 or 7 p.m. based on the rest of the games this week. Yeah. Um, but we'll keep you posted on when that happens. But it's one of those two. It's either 5.30 or 7, right? Yeah, if the Celtics force or if the Hawks force a game 7, it'll be the earlier time. If there's no game 7 on Saturday, it'll be the later. Right. Or I'm exactly. sorry. Vice versa. One yeah. of the two. But 5.30 or 7 p.m. Also, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, you should do that and make sure you use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers we've got for you guys, depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you'll get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, just make sure you use that bonus code PHNX when you sign up. You can check out the show notes for full details. And of course, now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. 
Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. And of course, if you need help watching the Suns throughout the rest of the playoffs, the best place to do that is Fubo TV. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Fubo came in real clutch for me when I was gone last week because I was able to catch every single game, mm-hmm. no matter where I was. When I was driving, obviously, you can't get Al McCoy on the radio when you're out of town. So I just plugged it in, was able to listen to the broadcast when I was driving, watched it while we were eating, all these different things like Fubo TV you can take with you anywhere because they have a mobile app, too. Which is really convenient. It's a good app. It's really dope. I use, <clears throat> I use. God dang it! What the heck is going on with my voice? Somebody get <clears throat> some water. He's really I, emotional. I I, I, uh, <laughs> I used it last night uh, at home because I used the app on my Apple TV. I didn't realize you can do a split screen experience. Mm. So you can do up to four. Oh. I did two. So I was I was watching Suns and Nuggets at the same time. Uh, it was awesome. It was fantastic, and I didn't even realize that was an option. So that's another reason to go get Fubo TV. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And you can watch the Suns on ESPN with Fubo TV. Use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Don't miss out on the action. Check it out. Because in addition to sports, it also has a whole bunch of other things that you guys can watch too. As Saul is over here literally I, begging I, for I know, something to, to drink. I, no, I try to subtly do it. That's totally on me. I'm one of the worst raids players of all time. <laughs> Shane sucks the drink. Like, okay, noted, just in case we ever need to play I did that sign language. Here. I did the drink. I was like, I don't know what else to do. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so obviously you guys have kind of touched on it already throughout this show, and it's been a topic of conversation for a while. Um, getting Kevin Durant more touches and involved more, mm-hmm. even though – he did average 28.4 points, 7.6 rebounds, and two point or 6.2 assists in the series. It still feels like there's another level that he can get to with the Suns team. What do you guys think the Suns should do to try and get him more of those touches? Monty was saying after the game they need to find ways to get him the ball in more live ball situations because a lot of the times they have had him spacing you know, out on the wing, out in the corner, and that does help them play four on four because it it basically takes one help defender completely off the board because you're not going to leave Kevin Durant or at least the Clippers weren't the way that they were playing him. They had a guy glued to him at all times, playing physical, sending doubles, denying him the ball. Um, and if you go back and watch the last few minutes of the game last night where it started to turn to shit in the fourth quarter, there was they were denying him. They were doing a good job of keeping the ball out of his hands, but also. Like Durant is has been in the league for what 15, 16 years. He's able to catch the ball with doubles and still get to his spot. So the Suns need to do a better job of keeping him involved for those stretches, not falling into the trap of, okay, we're playing four on four. We'll keep doing that, especially when the Clippers are funneling shots to Josh Akogi or Landry Shamit or someone who is in that moment not capable of making them pay. And like Booker was gassed, like after what he did in the third quarter, he was he was understandably tired. So they need to do a better job of posting him up, of getting him just running some offense to get him open and available, Um, because during that 15 to two run the Clippers had last night on pretty much six or seven possessions straight, he was either in the corner or spacing off the ball, didn't touch it at all. That can't happen. And it's one of those things where. I view this as a good thing, though, because the Clippers are, they said all throughout the series, Monty, all the players said Ty is one of the best at changing up defenses, keeping you on your toes. And I don't think the Nuggets have the defensive personnel or the the strategy to kind of make them work in that way on the defensive end. I would agree with that. I'm kind of surprised you didn't you didn't say the biggest thing, which was uh, bringing in Landry Shamit to do some PNR. Stop it. <laughs> That'll Stop free up Kevin Durant. Stop um, it. I'm actually a little surprised, too, that we don't see much uh, PNR with Booker and KD to some degree. And I think yeah. we're going to probably see a, a little dose of that in this series. <clears throat> I want to I feel like Monty was, was holding some things back in mm. this series. That's probably giving him a lot of credit. Mm. Um, I will say this. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on Monty for this series because mm-hmm. I do feel like he got outcoached against Tyloo. <clears throat> I do feel like there's um, 
there are some serious questions about some of his substitution patterns and how he went about it. And Kevin Durant is only highlighting some of those issues, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You've got, just like Devin Booker didn't, didn't concede to KD, Monty can't concede to KD either. He's got to be able to use him in, in a variety of different ways because um, hiding him in the corner is not going to cut it when the game is on the line and Devin Booker gets a, a last-second double team thrown his way and they're and they're playing um, KD straight up in the corner one man. So you're, we saw that a little bit last night. <clears throat> Josh Okogie, the the Clippers knew exactly what they were doing. They were basically forcing everybody to get the ball out of their hands and they left uh, Josh Okogie open several times mid-range, and he wasn't able to come through. He came through once, but he, the other ones he didn't. That's why, you know, to Monty's brilliance, he brought in Landry Shaman as if that was going to fix the problem, and that didn't. Uh, and that's why the Clippers got off to such a run. So um, Monty's got a lot of pressure on him. Kevin Durant is going to be used a little bit differently in this series. I just, I just know it. One, because of personnel. Personnel's different, obviously. Um, the only guy out there to me that fears me defensively to some degree is Aaron Gordon because he's got that length. But outside of that, there's not one guy on the Nuggets that I'm like, ooh, you got to really be careful of him. Bruce Brown, <clears throat> good defender, but he's 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 too short. He doesn't have the length like a Terrence Mann does, like a Nicholas Batum does. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a different scenario. Yeah, and, and that's <clears throat> that's the thing is if you look at that first-round series, like so far in the playoffs, the, den- the Nuggets' defensive rating has been very good. But you look at what they've been giving up to Anthony Edwards yeah. and – it, it's hard to see how Booker, who's been on fire, how they're going to suddenly turn around and mm-hmm. stop him. I, I know that the Nuggets' defense is better than it's been in the past. I think they were middle of the pack in defensive rating this year. Michael Porter Jr. has improved on that end. But I think you still might run into some of the same problems that they did a couple of years ago in that second-round matchup where they're not going to be able to stop this team. And to be fair, the Suns have to prove they can stop the Nuggets because they're a high-powered offense themselves. Um, but I, I feel like the Suns have the better personnel to be able to slow down what the Nuggets do compared to vice versa. Um, and so that's scary. And I do think they did hold back some of the Booker and KD screening for each other a little bit. We saw it kind of down the stretch uh, in game five last night, but I think there's probably some intentional withholding preparing for the road ahead. Um, at least that's what I hope. And you're right, his substitution patterns do have to be better i think lou outcoached him but lou is one of the best playoff coaches there is um and and i think it we need to also take it with a grain of salt that like every fan base complains about their coach in the playoffs yeah. like there were clippers <laughs> fans complaining about ty lou not giving robert covington a shot or um like all these other different things like mike budenholzer when the heat went on their run mike budenholzer didn't call a timeout and that's a guy that's won a championship with his team so like that that never that feeling never goes away. When things go sure. wrong, we're always going to look at what a coach does wrong because that's just the way this works. Right. I, I will I will also say I know we're going to get into Denver down the road. Uh, like I think on Friday we're going to talk a lot about Denver, but um, I, I will say Terrence Ross um, will also play a vital part in this. Um, mm-hmm. I I felt like listen I I just don't feel like he got a fair run, and I think last night kind of highlighted a lot of that. When you have a guy that can score. And he's not seeing the floor at all, especially in that situation. Defensively, they were already shit anyway. They were giving up threes at an alarming rate, Mm -hmm. and they were going in. So you might as well get somebody else in there that can give you buckets to stem the tide a little bit. And since the Clippers were designed to basically make the fifth man be the scorer, why not give Terrence Ross some of that love? Let him get a groove going. Hell, he he might have been able to score eight points in that fourth quarter, and it wouldn't even come close to a two-point lead. But – Again, Monty not – if he's holding things back, but he's also not thinking down the road in terms of personnel and how they could possibly match up and and really get the most out of them, that, that's, that's kind of a problem. But to what I was going to refer to earlier, everybody's talking about the, the depth, the depth, the depth. You know, the, the bench for the Suns is very weak and blah, blah, blah. And Denver swears that they have a really good bench. Uh, I'm here to tell you they fucking don't. Okay, <laughs> they just a month ago they were talking about how awful their bench was mm. because it is. It's not that great. So I'm really anxious to see which bench unit is going to rise to the occasion because I'm going to go on a limb and say that our bench is going to be better than theirs. And I think it's just by trimming it to eight people, yeah. let a Kogi or Craig, whichever one is not starting, Biombo and. Uh, 
you know, whoever the third guy is, hopefully Damian Lee or Terrence Ross or someone, but that's kind of all you need, especially with the way they stagger their starters. So I, 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 I like Christian Brown. I like Bruce Brown. And that's kind of it for the Nuggets. Yeah. Like, they don't have a lot of guys that scare me on that bench either. Yeah, Christian Brown is a problem. Mm-hmm. He is. But Josh Kogi is a knockdown three-point shooter. Hopefully he comes back and he does. What happened to Reggie Jackson? Uh, he is he's on the team. He just doesn't play. Yeah. Like, he, he's, he's had a down year. He was having a down year with the Clippers, and then he went to the Nuggets, and I don't think Mike Malone really trusts him or cares for him, honestly. Okay, you guys are getting a little bit ahead of me on the rundown sorry, here. Sorry, uh, sorry. But that's sorry. okay. But before we dive too far <laughs> into the Nuggets, uh, one, we do have a super chat that I want to read, and then I want to talk about DeAndre, and because I think that's a big one. So first, the super chat, Libertarian, thank you for yours, said, Gerald, can you ask Monty what on earth he sees in Shamit? So, because so, floor spacing definitely up, hold, ain't hold it. Hold up, hold up. Okay, listen, <laughs> Lindsay. If I have to speak um, with, uh, what is it, the – the oh, we have no idea the the god guy in the chat and i always have to speak Psycho Blue? oh no, no, no. oh cthulhu cthulhu, cthulhu. basketball yeah. cthulhu mm-hmm. and you get to speak about libertarian sasquatch you yeah. have to use your english voice you have to that's just <laughs> that just makes sense gerald gerald <laughs> can you ask monte <laughs> you've done it before gerald gerald <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I don't think I can do it when you put me on the fair. spot like that. Because <clears throat> I can't compete with that, Gerald. Yeah. Uh, that was like e- epic. I don't know. I was like, what? How did you say it? Say it one more time. Gerald. Gerald. <laughs> can you ask Monty what on earth he sees in Shamit? Because floor spacing definitely ain't it. Right. So beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. Um, yeah. So we we've we've asked about Shamit and there's no there's no real like people that's the thing that gets me is people always ask, can you ask Monty why the fuck he keeps playing Shamit? Like, yeah, Gerald, why don't like you do that? that? If I stood up and Gerald? asked why are you playing Shamit, he would look at me like I'm an idiot. It's there's there's a way to ask these questions the to actually get Damn, not going there. Uh, <laughs> there's a way to ask these questions to get an answer that actually makes sense. And, um, you know, he was asked about Shamit playing in the clutch. He mentioned the floor spacing thing. He mentioned that they were not able to hit a couple of shots with a Kogi out there. Um, I think it was more from a gravity perspective that they wanted him out there in this instance rather than a, you know, trusting him to actually hit shots. So you, you can think what you want to think about that. I don't think that it was a good substitution by any means, but we know that Monty loves Shamit. We know that Monty trusts Shamit. We've asked about this and he always brings up that he knows what the Suns do. He knows how to play in point five. He shot the ball well from three this year. If you just look at percentages um, and he's someone that Monty trusts because he knows what they're doing on both ends of the floor, which I don't think he can say the same thing for Terrence Ross um, and I think with a Kogi, he had missed those two open jumpers in a row. So he wanted to go in a different direction because let's be honest, everybody was kind of panicking a little bit. I think it was a little bit of a panic move or an overreactionary move in that instance. Um, but that's, that's the reasoning that we've gotten in terms of why he keeps going back to Shamit because he knows how to play in point five. He knows how to swing the ball. He shot the ball. Well, if you just look at the percentages and they like the effort that he puts in defensively and you know. I, I don't agree with some of those things, but that's that's just Monty's reasoning. I did hear that he had asked for he yelled for Saban Lee off the bench, and then somebody told him he wasn't eligible. <laughs> so, you know, there is that. Also, uh, when it when it comes to that, uh, I just I I keep thinking <clears throat> of that Office Space clip where the the Bobs <laughs> are talking and they're like, and they have to ask everybody. So, um. What is it exactly that you do here? What would you say you do here? <laughs> oh, no. That's what I think of every time I, I see Landry Shamit. Like, what is it that you do here? Yeah. Defensively, I understand he owns to, he he knows the concept and stuff like that. But when it's it just has not been clicking for the guy. Yeah. And I I don't mean to I don't listen. I can detest the fact that he plays in these games, but also empathize with the fact that he is getting absolutely shellacked across. Suns, the Suns universe, right? It's rough. Um, It's really rough. It's rough to be Landry Shamit, and it Mm -hmm. can't be easy. But at the same time, Monty's putting him in that position, and a lot of times it's just not warranted. Mm -hmm. It just isn't. Right. And and someone in the chat brought it up, why not put Craig back? That was kind of my thought as well. I thought if a Kogi's not working, you would go back to Craig, who you started the game with, and he didn't play that much 
last night. And I, I think he did turn down a couple of open shots that he was taking earlier in the series. They were giving him less space. They weren't putting Zubots on him and saying, yeah, feel free, fire away anymore. But um, I, I thought he should have gone back to Craig. I wonder if maybe if Terrence Ross had come earlier in the season, maybe we'd be seeing something different instead of the last month or so. Um, this is something we kind of saw with Aaron Holiday, who came in at the trade deadline the year before. I just, I think he needs more time for a guy to be in his system for him to fully trust him. I think that's what it is. So just, what you're saying is we should just not really focus on the trade deadline next year? I mean, you can, why? For, you why can, for? but unless it's for uh, Kevin Durant. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, you might not. You, you only have to be one of the top 10 scorers of all time <laughs> in order to break that seal. Otherwise, have fun. Okay, so let me, let me just make sure we're all on the same page. Like mm -hmm. we, we don't mess with the draft and now we don't mess with the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just, mm -hmm. just making sure we're all I mean, we did a good job at the trade deadline. I'm joking, <laughs> Gerald. <laughs> we did okay. Just wait till Monty has to figure out what to do with Kyrie. Ooh, I will. Gerald. That's I will. What you get. That's what you get. I will put, stop it. I'm not, I'm ignoring <laughs> you. Between this and the Justice League shit, you're going too far today. Gerald's uh, <laughs> like, I can't wait to leave. I can't work in these conditions. <laughs> I will say, as much as everyone hated on what Landry Shamit did last night, he was a plus six in nine minutes. That's all I'm going to say. No. All I'm going to say. Mm. <laughs> all I'm going to say. Who this man? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was slightly trolling. That was slightly trolling. But it was a plus six. <laughs> hey, Gerald, can you say that one more time? <laughs> it was a plus six in nine minutes. <laughs> Thank you. Because, yes, one. that was some clown shit. That was good. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, I think we should take a pause after that one, pause. Uh, Gerald, because before we talk about DeAndre, and I do want to remind you guys, Illegal Pete's is the best place for burritos, <clears throat> beer, and buddies. Make sure you guys check them out, Illegal Pete's. Delicious ingredients and customizable options are the perfect way to treat your guests to a culinary adventure that they'll never forget. To book your catering order, head to catering.com, Illegal Pete's. Hold on. Catering.illegalpeats.com. My bad. That was, a, that was a minute. It took me a minute to get that one out. Catering.illegalpeats.com for all of your... Illegal Pete's needs and orders. And of course, if you want to go to Illegal Pete's in Tempe, we highly recommend. Sure. It's got a great atmosphere there, both indoor and outdoor seating. 3 to 6 p.m. every single day is happy hour. <laughs> They've got bowls, tacos, salads, burritos, nachos, custom cocktails, delicious margaritas, beer, you name it. Illegal Pete's has you guys covered. I listen. I know we have been throwing shade at, yes, at Landry, mm -hmm. but I'm here to tell you that I will not stand for the shade that has been thrown at DeAndre Ayton uh, because last night I thought he was fantastic and we're about to talk about that. But you can mm. get your shady rays and that's the most important part because why not look good while you're throwing shade on your face? There you go. Uh, and you can use and promo code P. Yeah, you can block out all the payers. Mm -hmm. And you can save yourself up to 50% if you buy two pairs of sunglasses from Shady Rays by using code word PHNX. It's fantastic. You're going to love them. They look great. There's a lot of different styles. You can't go wrong exclusively. Excuse, exclusively. Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Two pairs, polarized sunglasses. Try it for yourself. The shades rate five stars by over 250,000 users, people, loved ones, you know, the whole game. So get yours today. Saul and I promise to be better tomorrow, you guys. Our bad. Our bad. I couldn't say the word exclusive. Uh, I know. I can figure out dots and dot coms and shenanigans like that. Like exclusively. You know. Anyway, DeAndre, and obviously, Saul, you mentioned it. He played really well in the first half of last night's game. Kept the Suns in it. How do you guys see him contributing moving forward, though? Because obviously against the Nuggets and Jokic, DA plays a big part in that. If he plays like he did in that first half last night with authority, I mean, he played strong last night in that first half. Um, and again, like, it's funny how DA has found his way a couple times in this series to kind of keep the Suns kind of afloat while they're trying to figure things out. And he did that last night. I thought he was fantastic. And then in the second half, he kind of, you know, he kind of went back to his kind of erratic ways. And that's okay. DA knows what the hype has been around him and, and Jokic. He knows. He knows Jokic respects him as a defender. Um, and Jokic is going to, listen, Jokic did not have the best of series 
last last series against the Timberwolves. And if you go to Nuggets land, a lot of them were clamoring for Jokic to be more forceful in the fourth quarter because it felt like he kind of just disappeared. He had a clutch moment last night, which helped, but the game before he kind of just vanished. Mm-hmm. And DA can make that, he can really accentuate that in this series. If DA can play at a high level against Jokic, that that's almost like you're cutting the head off the snake to a certain degree. Cause I could probably make the argument that Jamal Murray's the head of that snake. Um, that's why Jokic is not the MVP to me, but uh, yeah, I don't just, know about that. that's just me. That's just me. <laughs> I think Embiid was, that's just me. So, um, I think DA has a vital role in this next series and he can really, really squash a lot of the hate. If he can hold down Jokic to a, to a certain degree, he's not going to stop him, but let's just say, if Jokic averaged like twenty seven and six, I would take that. I take that all day. Yeah, I mean, I I think twenty points, seven rebounds. Yeah, and I was six. Gonna not twenty seven <laughs> points and six. Um, yeah, with Da, it's tough because I feel like he had moments in the first round, especially like the first half of last game, the first half of game four, mm-hmm. um, that stretch in the second quarter of I think it was game two where he hit like four middies in a row to kind of keep their offensive float there um those stretches have kind of gone under the radar because a lot of the focus has been on the rebounds that are being given up the clippers kind of punish them on the offensive glass and um you know you can't do what happened against ivica zubats and mason Plumley against nikola Jokic. he will make you pay for it um but i do think all things considered he still averaged 11 boards per game in this series mm-hmm. and that's what's scary just like with Kevin Durant there's room for improvement there like he can be even better on that front and i think we've seen DA we've seen him like kind of oddly lose or play even with mediocre or subpar centers and then once the big names come out he rises to meet the occasion and that's what we're hoping for we're hoping for a more consistent appearance from playoff DA cuz we saw it in glimpses in the first round now we need to see it every night against this particular opponent. He loves playing Nikola Jokic. He respects the hell out of him, and I think it brings out some of the best in him when they match up. So offensively, I think they're going to run a ton of screens. They're going to involve Nikola Jokic in as many pick-and-roll yep. actions as they possibly yep. can. So I, whether that's DA that he's guarding or somebody else that they try and hide him on, they're going to be putting him through screen after screen to make him work because defensively, he looks like a brontosaurus on the perimeter. Like, <laughs> like, like he does, but <laughs> he does. Gerald. Like, oh my God. I can't unsee it now. Shane, we need to make that a graphic. He's, he's, he's clomping around out there. He's trying to stop him, but he just doesn't have the, the reach for it. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think DA has to do a ton offensively in this series, but defensively he's got to limit him. He's got to control the boards. Um, and he's got to show up like he has for most of the matchups he's had with Jokic. Also, okay. Brontosaurus, Loki, best dinosaur ever. <laughs> so in 2021, when these two teams faced off in the semifinals, Jokic averaged 25 points, 13.3 rebounds, 5.8 assists, and 1.3 blocks per game. DA averaged 14.3 points, 10.5 rebounds, 0.5 assists, and 0.3 blocks per game. But again, it goes back to defensively in that playoff series back in 2021 what da did against Jokic, even though he still averaged these numbers was so incredibly valuable to the to the suns team so again like you're saying you don't need da to necessarily go off offensively but you do need da to go off defensively also this one the other thing about this is that um da in transition i think that's another thing that that we need to wake up a little bit on because when Jokic isn't the most fleet of foot Okay, and last night you saw Devin Booker say, we got to play faster. They had to because Chris Paul was sleepwalking the whole fucking team in the first half. Like they had to play faster and get the energy up so they could so they can get some some easier shots and buckets. And they did. And it made it easier against the Nuggets. I you literally in the first five seconds, if you get out and run, you could play four on five. Like if if you do this right. Um, Aren't they ranked like bottom of the league in pace? Who the Suns? No, the Nuggets. Um, I'd have to look. That yeah, up. I feel like it was the bottom. Yeah, and, area. and Da could find himself with really good matchups down low if he if he if he sprints the floor um, after rebounds. But again, to to Gerald's point, the other thing I would say about Da is it, it, like lowering his level uh, against those two guys, Zubac and um, and Plumley. 
yes. Um, but they're also like Plumlee, especially, is a very physical player. He's got athleticism out the yin yang. Uh, you saw that last night. Uh, Zubac has got freaky length. Um, so does Jokic. He has freaky length. But uh, I think DA matches up better against Jokic overall. And when you have other guys that are equally as good as 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 Kevin Durant is to Devin Booker and, and vice versa. I just think it's going to free up D.A. quite a bit, especially on those pick and rolls. Like mm. he's going to have an opportunity to succeed in this in this series. He's going to have his moment. And if he comes through, everybody will celebrate him. The tide will turn somewhat and 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 people will celebrate a Western Conference uh, finals appearance. If he if he falls flat on his face and Jokic just absolutely abuses him. It's, it's probably getting be, traded in the offseason. It's going to be rough around these parts. Yeah. Um, oh, man, three, I hope yeah, that's not what three, three. So the Nuggets are 24th, were 24th this season in pace. Uh, they're 11th in the playoffs so far. So, yeah, they do play at a slower pace. Um, on the defensive front, like people are bringing up that Jokic averages 28, 11, and 8 against DA in his career. In that playoff series, though, DA held him to below 48% shooting and below 29% from three. He's going to have to be better about closing out on Jokic because Jokic has had an extremely good three-point shooting year, and that's a potential concern. Um, but if he can hold him to 48% shooting for this series, I, I think he'll take that because Jokic is not the type to take 30 shots a game. Um, and the last thing is DA's got to avoid foul trouble because Jokic mm-hmm. does play physical. He does kind of wobble around or like, I don't want to say flop, but he he accentuates contact for sure. Um, so that's going to be a huge thing for DA because we saw him get into foul trouble in a couple of these first round games. Uh, and the, the Suns really can't afford that because as good as Busy is, Busy and Jock are not a great matchup for Jokic. Remember when you were a kid and you had those like blow up like boxing things? Mm-hmm. And they had the sand at the bottom and you hit him. And they, that's what mm-hmm. that's what Jokic is. If, and if you hit it too hard, <laughs> he's, he's going to hit you back. That's what, what happened. Called? I forgot what they're called. They're just dummies. Those things are like fun, Bobo though. the Clown. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. That's hilarious, though. <laughs> We've got so many graphics that we have to build now. Poor Shane. Um, throwing out all these things. At least he gets to sit on some more furniture while he's building these graphics, so he'll be comfortable. Oh That's for sure. Gosh. You guys want to be comfortable while you are watching the signs and or working from home. You can save big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com. Of course, we love them around here. They delivered and set up a lot of the furniture in our PHNX offices because we got that white glove delivery service, which you should absolutely do because it literally takes the heavy lifting out of getting new furniture for your home or your office. Also, tomorrow, we're going to be off because the NFL draft is happening. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be hanging out with the PHNX Cardinals crew down at Four Peaks, having a good time. Of course, regardless of where you are watching it, make sure you, one, tune into the PHNX Cardinals show to get the best coverage locally that you are going to get. And also make sure you're enjoying a delicious Redbird lager. You do have to be 21 years or older to enjoy that lager. And we ask that you enjoy responsibly, but it's going to be a really great day tomorrow, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Some good news, some good moves, some good, all the things. It's a great good day vibes. for a great day. We need all of it. Okay. To round out today's show, let's take a look at the schedule for the semifinals round between the Suns and the Nuggets. Obviously, of course, as we've mentioned, starts on Saturday, 5.30 p.m. or 7 p.m. tip-off. We'll keep you posted. And then the second game is on Monday. So we have a Saturday-Monday situation. Those happen in Denver, but then there's a three-day break for when they come back to Phoenix and they have a game on Friday and a game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Is this surprising to you guys at all? No, because the guys space it out so that way the other series can catch up. That's the only reason <laughs> yeah. why. That's the only reason why they're doing that because we're going to start before any other series. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, the the Grizzlies and Lakers or the Kings and Warriors could go six or seven games. Um, so they got to give it time to, to kind of balance out and catch up. So that's the reason why there's spacing. Right. When I say surprising, I'm, I get, I understand the why behind it, but just overall, why did they set it up in this way from the jump? Why were Suns and Clippers going every other day when you had other teams have three days, it feels like, or a week between games, it feels like. Like they kind of set themselves up for failure because they had to protect their precious Lakers for the primetime national TV games. We can't, we can't have, they had the, the Staples center doubleheader. They could have had Suns Clippers at night instead, but the, instead the Suns are playing game four before the Lakers have even played game three. Mm -hmm. So 
Uh, yeah, now we're dealing with the ramifications of that. You look at tonight's schedule. They've got four different games going on tonight and then one tomorrow because they bungled the first round schedule so badly. So this three day break, not this one that we're currently on before the second round starts, but the three day break between game one and two and game three and four for Suns and Nuggets. Mm. Is that a positive or a negative in your opinion? I, I mean, I think we're probably going to spin it however we want, depending on how these first two games go, because if they're down 2-0, it could be good that they have a break to reset coming back to Phoenix. Or if it's, you know, if they win the last game, it could be bad because it's like, oh, we had the momentum and now we're getting cooled off by this break. But I think if you look at the minutes that Durant, Booker and CP3 are playing, having those extra days in there is huge because they'll probably take the day after game two off completely. Uh, and then they'll have a, a lighter practice or two before the next game. I, I think that's good for them, especially if they continue to lean on their starters as heavily as they have. I think it's fine. Um, there's no excuses because literally Denver and Phoenix both finished up their series roughly at the same time last night. You know, they're an hour apart. Mm -hmm. um, they got the, the same amount of rest. One of them's got travel. That's because you were the four seed. There's no excuses like there, you know, whether it's three games in between now and then or three games between games two and three doesn't matter. You got to ball out. You got to you got to win 16 somehow. So you might as well uh, win four more in this round. So, yeah, no excuses. At least on the back end of this series, it does kind of like normal out. So yeah. you have those two games Saturday and Monday, then Friday and Sunday. And then when we get to game five, it's Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday for mm -hmm. five, six and seven. So yeah. it's kind of more of a normal traditional schedule rule number will. 76 no excuses play like a champion there you go i finished uh, my homework by the way you finished your homework shane oh my gosh you're so what? fast at this let's see what, what you got shane made the graphic you guys if you're listening on audio you have to come over and see the graphic my goodness gracious unbelievable that's a technical <laughs> a plus a plus shane Really proud of you, you for that, that one. Uh, <laughs> that goes from the Rocky Mountains. Oh, my goodness. All right, guys. Any final thoughts before we say goodbye? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate you as always. Like I mentioned, we will not have a show for you tomorrow, but we will be back on Friday at 3 p.m. We'll dive deeper into Suns and Nuggets, and Gerald will give us information from the road as well. So we got a lot in store for the rest of this week. And then, of course, Saturday tip off it'll be exciting until hit we see like you next button. time People hit the like button make sure you follow the show on twitter at phnx underscore sons you can follow me at lindsey smith az you can follow saul at saul underscore bookman and of course you can follow gerald at gerald borgay who wants to take us home today gerald oh. you do it because you're going on the road yeah you do it yeah if anyone has a room for me in Denver, please hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> Ahoy, hoy. Lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX, though. Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. I'll always wreck the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G. No plan B. Always on the job. My team move like the mob. Turn the beat.